Welcome to a Swine TV and Swine Web special presentation, Swine Market Volatility with Swine Consultant and Pork Producer Chris Van Beek and Jeff Hogendorn from Professional Ag Marketing. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having us on. This is going to be kind of a unique format today. You guys are in the trenches of what's happening in the swine markets, and you're going to kind of lead our discussion about what what's going on and what people need to know. Absolutely. Um, Chris, I think let's start off by maybe introducing ourselves a little bit, a little bit about our operations. I think both of us, you know, carry a bit of a unique position in the industry and one I think, you know, helps us be pretty good at our day jobs, um, as well as, you know, like Jim was suggesting down in the trenches. So I just, you know, start off, of course, uh, Jim mentioned, I work for professional egg marketing kind of as my day job. And, uh, you know, we do some podcasts with Jim, we do some other podcasts, um, and some webinar and such. If, if you, if anyone wants to check us out on our website, professionalegmarketing.com. But, um, you know, I think like a, a, many of us here at professional egg marketing and I, and yourself, Chris is, you know, we've found that, you know, asking our customers to make these decisions without us having some real experience, um, very early on, you know, back 20 years ago when I joined up with Pat in this job, we decided that wasn't something we were going to ask people to do. So we, we were involved in production, most of our careers ourselves. So, um, I'm partners with a couple of different folks and, and have some feeding groups where we, you know, own some sow unit shares, um, and then take those pigs into, you know, Minnesota and Iowa mostly to finish out, uh, on the wean finish standpoint. So I'll bounce it back to you, sir. And you, you give us a little bit of history on what you've been up to. So, yeah, uh, Kirsten Beek here. We, uh, part of a family farm up here in Northwest Iowa, um, we raise hogs and corn and soybeans as well. Um, all the hogs are wean to finish. It's basically a wean to finish operation. All of our sow farms are contract growers. We do or contract. We buy them as from contract farms. We do buy some open market uh, pigs to fill in some holes and some barns uh, on the side as well. And then on our uh, yeah my side job or day job. It kind of blends together a little bit uh, is we manage some uh, pigs on the side. So most of, all of it's weed to finish. Um, that's where we really specialize in. We don't try to manage sow farms. We're, we're not familiar with them and we're in Northwest Iowa. Um, it's kind of a limiting factor right there, isn't it? <laughs> a, a little bit. It, it makes us better at our job though. When, when we raise pigs in Northwest Iowa, for sure. So always a challenge, no doubt. I'm uh, fairly confident. We've seen a, a lot of stuff of, in our, in our career, but uh, so yeah, that's a little bit what we do. Um, as far as the management goes, we, we do it, you know, anything from walking barns to negotiating the feed, to negotiating the packer contracts, to buying the pigs, to, to giving your opinion on markets like we do quite often with Jeff. So, so you're, you market to quite a few different packers, um, a couple of different systems, Chris. And, you know, one of the things that you started warning me about here, maybe three weeks ago or so is, you know, the, the 
weights were getting a little out of hand. We were starting to back up some inventory here and there, you know, reading between some of the tea leaves and, and starting to look at some of the, those observations. That's something that I know I've gotten pretty concerned about here in the past week or so. Um, it was one of those things that just kind of continued to build and build and to the point of, you know, I'm talking to a lot of customers this week that are using some sort of a slowdown mechanism, um, to keep some of the weight off and delay some of these marketing bunch. Why, why don't you start us off on that topic, if you will, and kind of, what are you seeing there? What are you thinking? Yeah. So we've <clears throat> probably never hoped and dreamed to use calcium chloride again in our lifetime raising pigs, but yet I'm being told that there's plenty of diets that currently have that in there right now. Um, which yeah, creates quite the, the dilemma for the marketplace here as you're going through holidays with five day kill weeks and some packers only killing four days and many of them planning not to add the Saturday after next week on just because they've killed multiple Saturdays in a row and need to give employees time off and so on and so forth. Um, I think you're really looking at maybe first of February, mid February, before we can get these weights under control, just because of the situation we're in and the amount of pigs that you're backing up at the same time by doing that. But it is a, a unique place to be in. We have not personally put any of our pigs on holding diets yet. I don't foresee we'll be doing that, but, um, there's, you're definitely pushing the upper limits of your comfort level with what you're selling without doing something. So with your experience from 2020, what's the effect of the, you know, there's a couple different ways to approach it from a nutritional standpoint, what rate uh, you can just lower the density of the diet. And then there's calcium chloride situation from your, what, what's your thoughts on what the effects are? You know, do you stop them from growing? You cut it in half, very little, um, slow down on average daily gain. Um, I would say that for the most part, when you do calcium chloride, you stop them pretty hard. I mean, you'll, you'll order about half of, you know, half the feed you normally would order, you know, and you basically are just maintaining those pigs for now. It's a little bit hard to get on board with that. If you can keep moving some loads, just because your bottom end pigs also are eating the same diets and they're not growing and eventually you're going to have to get them all to town. Sure. Yeah. Good point. The thing, you know, you can do corn fines, but you're paying for them and they'll eat seven, eight pounds of them a day. So <laughs> you're going through truckloads of corn fines, or you can go to calcium chloride and pay for, you know, half the feed, your feed conversion goes to pot, but what are you going <laughs> to, yeah, there's, there's definitely quite a few side effects when you actually get your clothes out. But, um, so the, the calcium stops them pretty hard. Um, the less dense approach, they, they make up for some of that by increased intake, right? You'd, yep. you'd buy that the way it sounds. Maybe you cut your average daily gain in half, two thirds of what it used to be or something like that. Cut it back by a third, I guess what I was trying to say there. Um, and basically, essentially what we're doing, we're taking pigs that should have been marketed during Christmas and New Year's, and we're putting them in January, aren't we? But you'd have to also argue the fact that 
the weather has been so favorable and there is a lot of empty space. You might like one of the things that we've noticed, like our pigs are really big, but it's not like we're pushed for that barn because they are just coming to market that much sooner. So it's not like slowing them down is backing them up. It just might not be pulling them ahead quite as much. So you're going to make an argument. Some of what we're doing is making the pigs market when they're supposed to. And when they're, when they were ahead of schedule, potentially, I mean, and we would sure hope you're right based on kill levels, right? I mean, we've just been blowing the doors off of, um, you know, the weekly kill levels going back to last, yeah, it doesn't really matter which time frame you want to look at, but really exaggerated the last several weeks here when we poked up just against uh, two seven for a couple of those weeks, and we weren't really able to take the weights down any. It's been really disappointing for me. So we would sure hope you're right as far as you know. Average daily gains were higher coming into this stretch than what they were supposed to be. It'd give if that theory is correct that you're pulling pigs ahead eventually that's going to catch up to you as soon as your weights are slipping, start slipping. It's going to be, I don't know, you can make an argument that once you do catch up in February, and if you do have a few less pigs starting to come to market around March 1, there might be a time frame in there where the April board might have to come up a little bit. Well, let me back up just a, a step there because, and, and I think everybody's probably connected these dots, but I would tell you, if you take the situation at face value and if you aren't pulling any pigs ahead, if if all these pigs were supposed to be marketed in during Christmas and New Year's, now we're slowing them up, pushing them into January, um, maybe February, you can make an argument. You know, we're talking to some producers who are saying like, okay, I'm doing the less dense strategy um, so that's really, I'm not going to affect my pigs until Jeff, we get three weeks down the road. So I'm going to take a pig that I was supposed to market two or three weeks from now, and we're not going to market him for four weeks. Well, that gets kind of interesting. So, you know, I liken this to more, more to the cattle world, Chris, um, when you're messing with the inventory in the cattle, like if you're holding them, making them big. Um, or if you're marketing ahead of schedule because the basis is really positive or something like that's the only fundamental that matters in that business. And that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but not a ton. And that's, what's got me kind of worked up here in the last week or so here on these, on this hog situation is like, gosh, if we put, you know, even a few percentage points, um, of this inventory into January, I'm, I'm very concerned at how long it would take to, to work through that, but okay, now, and how far off was the hog and pig report from what we actually did? That's, that is a very fair question. And it looks like it would be, uh, at least a percent and a half, right? If you just look at the data, um, that we killed a percent and a half more, you know, go this going back to a quarter ago. Um, but that, that kind of leads us into the the next part of the conversation that we wanted to talk to, to, about is like really how big is the sow inventory, right? And I know one one theory I've been throwing out there. So you look at how many we've killed, how many we're supposed to kill, you know, and that gets back to okay, 
was the hogs and pigs report off by one and a half percent. But what if we, what if we killed a few more gilts, um, here in the past three, four weeks than what we were supposed to, what if they're not going into the, the sow herd? And, and I kind of thought that the hogs and pigs report showing a, a sharper reduction in the sow herd than, uh, what we were all expecting. I I'm kind of hoping we can contribute that to killing a few more of the gilts that were supposed to be sows, Chris. I wouldn't, wouldn't argue with that, that point. I do know of a barn in Northwest Iowa that is completely full of gilts. Um, I would imagine they're maternals. I don't know for sure that, but I don't know just some of the stuff that, that you sent me, Jeff, based on what sow slaughters, you know, if you're comparing year over year data, I don't think that's fair to say because in the last four months of 2022, there was some sow liquidation that occurred um, in the fourth quarter of last year, especially. So if you'd compare the last four months of 2022 to the four months, last four months of 2021, that'd show about 31,000 sows. And then if we compare the first uh, eight months of 2023 to the first eight months of 2022, you'd be looking at roughly about 102,000 extra sows getting killed in that time period. And then if we consider the last four months and compare that to 2021, there's an additional 57,000 sows there. And if you total those three numbers up, the 31, 102, 57, you end up with 190,000 sows. That's not too far off from where the USDA was. So your, your, your point, if I can probably say the same thing that you just did, but, um, without without the numbers you're basically saying you got to go back a little bit further and then obviously you got to be careful as to what the what's the benchmark right there's there's no magical line in the sign in the sand excuse me but you're saying go back to late 2021 and there was some there was some liquidation going on at that time might have dried up a little bit through the winter um did we have decent markets through there for a bit wean pigs were worth decent money at least right yeah I did, you know, like the, the first half of 2021, you were still liquidating sows from 2020 and okay. trying to use a five-year average. You're, you know, you're really screwing with the, the numbers in 2020 and the first half of 2021. So that's why the back four months of 2021 probably are kind of where you're at for a sow unit or sow herd, normal turnover. Um, and then the first half of 2022, you know, we, coming out of 21 made some money on that year and then went into 2022 with a lot of expectations and you know it was all right but it wasn't nothing like 21 was so that's kind of how i i looked at those numbers and it makes a little bit more sense when you do it when you put those numbers down like that maybe we're not that far off but in the whole scheme of things um you're looking at you know roughly between Canada and the U S 15,000 a day and less packing capacity that you need to overcome plus, uh, any type of sow performance pickup. That's, that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah. I just, and then you got to overcome margins on top of that. You know, it's just, yeah. If you do 15,000 on a five day kill week, 3.9 million pigs, 
you just divide that on a 25 PSY, it's 156,000 south. So we barely covered what we lost in packer capacity. And now you got to start overcoming your improvement improvement and your sour litter size. Which, yeah, you know, the first time that came out a quarter ago, Chris, I, I'm sure I was the first one to jump all over and say that, well, that can't be possible. We went up like uh, over four tenths of a pig and year over year, it's like, come on, that that's gotta be an error in the data set. Right. And now you went to another quarter and pretty much the same information. Um, it, I, I, for me, that two, two dots are a trend, at least to some extent. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to accept that, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, and then if you go back and you look at a little bit more history, we really did have a flat spot that we all know somewhere's in starting in 19, obviously going through 2020 into 2021, really up until, uh, most of the way through last year, we did not improve productivity, um, for, on the South farms. And so you put a trend line on it. It's, we're not crazy high compared to like, if we would have just slowly went up over time. Right. Um, so, but it's, it's still out there ways. And I, I, I would bounce it back to you and ask you about health in general. And I know that's a dangerous subject. We try to compare health this year versus last year. It's what we all try to do every year. Right. But, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stand here and say, well, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that health is better this year than what it was a year ago. And that's creating some of the uh, increased numbers that we're all talking about currently on the market hog side. And that's also, you know, causing a larger than normal increase in uh, productivity on the South side. What's, so before what, we get to the health side, Jeff, I'll ask you a question about, so on the hug and pig report, all they do is look at last year's data, right? Last year's adjusted data. So they'll come back and they'll try to adjust it um, based on what slaughter was. It's not perfect science by any stretch. So if our if our sow herd improved in the second quarter of last year, that's when we started seeing the pigs save per litter jump, right? Correct. So, and based on the previous year's health histories, I mean, it was... I mean, at some point it was going to jump because we were going to work our way through PERS and get through to some better health. So the the question that I would say is we maybe have one more quarter where that jumps higher, but then we're going to start incrementally, probably slowly going back up because then you're going to be basing it off last year or yep. 2023 second quarter, which was already at a, quite a bit higher number than 2022. Yeah. So I got, we got some friends from Tennessee, Chris, that call that denominator itis. You keep comparing it and it's the same, like, I won't get into that inflation discussion rate uh, on this talk, but yeah, that's what it is. You're, you get the first jump. And then after that last year's number that you everybody compares it to gets a whole lot tougher. And I very much expect that to be the case. Like I, I there's in my opinion almost no way we'll see another big jump just exaggerate your point like next year we're not going to improve litter size by another three percent you know i i would expect it to be slightly lower to be honest um and i would argue that the sow herd reduction is a trend so if we've sped up on that front 
I'm thinking that can continue to speed up and you can, if this thing doesn't get any better, we'll have another 3% of the sow herd that got liquidated a year from now, maybe 40% of the sow herd that got well, liquidated. You, you won't stop now. liquidation until you have consecutive months of positive margins. Right. In my opinion, I, I feel like right now today is probably the largest kills we'll see for probably the next two or three years. Gosh, it just seems like we should end this deal on that comment, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but, sounds good to me. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with that. Um, and it's it's a like you said, it's a race to how quickly can we get the supply down? Um, because I, I guess we need to. It's still a little bit hard for me to accept that uh, we need to have less pigs in this world. I don't like to think about that or have that opinion, but. It seems like that's the case. Um, and and some of it goes back to, you know, if corn was three and a half bucks, none of us would be talking about this, right? Um, so it's we got it sure looks to me like we have to have a sow herd that can perform with four fifty corn, um, something like that, that the juries will continue to be out on that front, but that's the other side of it. So going back to your health topic, Jeff, that the one thing about a reduced sow herd, I mean, if we would ever have a year like 2022 with PERS, I mean, there would be a pretty drastic shortage of market weight hogs come in the summertime. So, I mean, you do have that half or that is happening or going to happen at some point in the future. Just uh, whoever has the crystal ball to see it first, I guess. But uh, as far as health goes, I would say it's it's better than last year. Um, obviously in Northwest Iowa, we, we get sick pigs in the wintertime and they get healthy in the summertime and everybody knows it. And it's just a way of life. You work your way through it and try to do the best you can. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely better than last year. Um, and to some extent there, are, I mean, there is the, the sow farm here and there that, or uh pig flow that is coming in that is, you know, really got hit, but. I wouldn't say it's widespread um, and I wouldn't say your market pigs are getting affected as bad as uh, previous the last two years. So there's that. I'm kind of, I'm thinking that's bleeding into the sow farm as well. At least that's been our observation there, I guess. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up about the, you know, if you ever have a situation where the health turns the other direction, because that brings up the point of, the there's a huge difference between having like one too many pigs and one too few, right? That's a razor's edge in this business, probably like it is in a lot of businesses. And, and, you know, the name of this um, discussion is, you know, market volatility. And that's what causes the market volatility. You have one too many pigs. Nobody wants it. One too many pounds of pork. Nobody wants it, but you flip that thing to the other side and you come in a little bit short um, now everybody wants a piece of it and the markets definitely react. So I agree that day's coming. Um, big reason the, why it's so cyclical, the hog yep, market. That's very fair too. Very fair. So it's coming. It's probably not next week is my guess, but <laughs> maybe that's often when it happens too, when we at least expect it. Right. So yep. that's all I got for today, Chris. Um, anything, any final thoughts from your perspective? No, I, I think as far as a producer goes, you got to really make it through this winter, um, you know, batting down the hatches and see once if you can survive through this and 
um, you know, if you get an opportunity at some mid ninety hogs, I, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid of selling some of those because I, I do think there's money to be made there. And I think, um, liquidation is going to have to keep occurring for us to, to clean some stuff up next year in the winter time. So well, very Chris good. We'll push Jeff, it back to you. This was a great discussion. Any final thoughts there, Jeff? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I would, uh, um, I guess the only thing to build it just real quick with Chris was saying, I mean, once, uh, once it, the market does turn, I think it's, it'd be turned for a while. Right. So I, you know, you talk about selling some of those mid 90 hogs, locking in some margin. Um, I look at it and say, you know, so if you sell those at 95 and they end up being 105, I think that's going to be perfectly fine because all the futures beyond that are going to be that much higher also. Well, gentlemen, thanks for your esteemed input today. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, thanks for having Jim. us.